Hello and welcome to The Two Tones, Tony Moakley, myself and Tony Dabolfo. Greetings Tony, how are you? I'm very well. Well, well here. it's The Two Tones, episode 1-2, episode 12, let's go through some of the names just yes. quickly, Tone. thought you'd never ask Tony. Episode Beer Gleeson, oh. Premiership Player, of course, in 1987. Um, still, Barry, still a part of the club? Still a part of the club, although uh, I think, uh, yes, he's relinquishing duties as uh, committeeman to the great C. Judd, is he not? Ah, um, yes. Uh, had a great stint on the on the board at the Carlton Club. Barry Armstrong. Oh, The man. record holder in the Guernsey, uh, number 12, 204 games. I had his footy card once upon a time. Yes, yeah, great great player. Uh, honest, honest yes. player uh, in the midfield for the club. Yeah. And if you go back, right the way back um, to a chap named George Chalice, 50 games in the number 12 Guernsey, from 1912 through to 15, was a part of the 1915 Premiership team, and then sadly was killed in global conflict um, within probably seven or eight months of that, of that uh, grand final. Um, one of our great fallen here at Carlton, George Chalice. Who was, uh, and I'm very proud to say, at the entrance to Icon Park here at this great ground, uh, suitably memorialised with a, with a lovely stone and the names of every camp player who has fallen in combat. And I just think that uh, is enormously to the credit of this great club. Tone, can we please mention an absolute favourite of mine in the number 12, Matty Skinny Lappin. What, what a, a player. player. What a player, Tone. And, you know, you know, thinking of Skinny, um, the aptly named Skinny Lappin, thoughts turn to a player like Simo. You know, yeah. uh, how, how does a... a person of diminutive stature play the game for so long at that level and, and emerge unscathed. It um, defies logic to me. Um, and yet he was a player that, you know, uh, he, he was just such a great competitor through so many seasons of the Carlton Club. We're very lucky to get him, of course, from St Kilda. Yeah, from St Kilda, yep. Yeah, but what a player he was. And, um, and as far as I know, emerged pretty much unscathed. You know, physically he wasn't knocked around. So hopefully he has many, many more years ahead with his, with his wife and kiddies um, as a doting father and husband. Um, great Any football. boys in there? Um, Please, fingers oh, crossed. Fingers. question without yeah. notice. Good question. Don't I really know. hope so. Well, I, would I, would love to see, I would love to see another Lappin running around at Carlton. Um, now, Tone, uh, we are here to review Carlton's loss to Geelong at GMHBA Stadium. Easy for you to say, Tone. Exactly. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Uh, 28 points. I think we, in all honesty, have to agree that that is a margin that flatters Geelong. Um, and uh, to underscore that point, I'm going to read out the, uh, the scoreline. 11-7-73 to the Cats. 5-15-45. In other words, 18 scoring shots to 20. Carlton had their opportunities, uh, opportunities to... It will get back into the game, stay in the game and actually pull ahead, but wayward kicking is always going to cruel you. Proved very costly tone the final analysis and fair to say this was a game where Geelong probably dominated proceedings for that first 15 minutes of the game and then they held sway for the last 10 or 15 as well as they pulled away. Yeah. They had four goals on the board before Carlton had blinked and it looked uh, ominous uh, for the visitors. Might just say, Tony, in terms of GMHBA Stadium, I don't think the venue did count supporters too many favours because um, we hear constantly uh, the argument or the knock on games being played at Princess Park is that Carlton is a 40,000 uh, plus um, uh, uh, crowd puller. Yeah. And interestingly enough, GMHBA Stadium, I think, has a capacity of 34. 
So why we're playing there is anyone's guess. However, yeah. that's an argument for another day. But in answer to your question, I think either side of those those key periods of the game, you know, early in the first, late in the last, I thought the, the Carlton team really, really held sway. Um, and were it not for a few errant uh, yeah. shots on goal, would have come away with a, a, a most uh, improbable, unlikely victory. Um, it, so it, was, it was in the offing. Uh, it seemed to be. It was. It was, yeah. and, like, and the game was went on. It was a remainder contest contest until the death. So um, it was. Um, yeah, it was a it was a hard fought affair, and uh, you know uh, after that initial um, that initial uh, launch by Geelong, it was pretty much a two three goal ball game uh, yeah. for most of it. So. Yes, uh, you rue the opportunities missed. Um, you know, we were talking off here earlier about um, some of the shots on goal that you know, I can re- remember Paddy Dow having a crack at one, the ball just fading left on yeah. the run, and you think, gee, was if he, you know, he had another year in the gym to get that, you know, power through the core. Yeah. You know, that, that ball would have gone, you know, like a, an exocet straight through the middle. And, and you look at all those little half chances that weren't taken. I think, yes, yeah, Samo, you can put Samo into that, that column you as well. Do. You it's do. also, you know, it, it's poised that comes with experience and it's just taking yes. that, you know, half a second, that second to realise that you're in the clear um, and, uh, and you, you know, you shoot truly. But um, there was one goal. Let's talk about two goals, Tom, because I think these are um, either emblematic of things to come, hopefully, we really hope. Um, Kerr's first goal was a magnificent kick. What a cracker it was, you know. For he was hugging the boundary line, you know, and, and there wasn't much daylight between the goals. But the kid, you know, we talked about, you know, poise a moment ago. Well, gee whiz, he showed great oh. poise and the capacity to assess the situation and to go back deliberately and you know it never looked like missing. It was a glorious kick at a time when Carlton really needed a goal. Uh, a, a fabulous moment for the young boy. And what a way to bring up your first yeah. the club. Laurie would have been looking down with. Enormous glee. Um, the other goal that you were alluding to, I think, Tone, was the third quarter goal of Dave Cunningham. It, it happened yeah. late in the third, and again, it was a big goal for the club. But if you're looking, I remember thinking about it at the time and then having a look back a little bit later on. And, and what I loved about that goal was the players that were involved in the setting up of that goal at Cunningham. And you had, you know, players like Petrovsky, Seaton. Um, Charlie Curnow, Paddy Dow. I think I think O'Brien may have been in on it as well. Well, that's Carlton's future there. Yeah. You know, five yeah. players contributing to a big goal for the club, and you look at that and and you think, blimey, that is that is the future here. Yeah. And you would have to think there's going to be a lot a lot of goals scored involving that you know that very very uh, promising quintet. Uh, well, and it was great to see. Well, not only that, Tony, I just want to make the point that um, those players represented themselves well on Saturday night on a, a ground that uh, none of them would have played at before because we hadn't been there in 21 years. But especially coming off the, the Melbourne loss, which was a, a, a right bollocksing, let's, uh, let's not put too fine a point on it, um, they'd obviously responded to what coaching staff, in particular Brendan Bolton, had said during the week. And, OK, if we put that four-goal start to Geelong to one side. Carlton were competitive for the majority of the evening in a hard-fought torrid contest. It was dour. Yes. Yes, but um, there were heads over ball. There were sacrificial acts. There were one percenters. All that sort of stuff that supporters want to see were there. Well, very true. Very true. And, and, you know, you mentioned Melbourne time um, and you talk about the shellacking we we copped the week before. Look, fair to say that, uh, you know, after half-time of that match against the the Red Legs, 
the team really fell away, just wasn't there. And yet when you saw what Melbourne did to Adelaide the yes. following week, I think it's fair to say that they are a bona fide contender for the Premiership this year. And I, I said before um, before the weekend that um, Melbourne, to me, looked like it had that really great core of hard yeah. nuts around the, yeah. around the footy. And, you know, you think of Lewis and, and Bernie Vince and, um, you know, um, Jack Viney's back now, Petrarca's there, Jones. They're all really, really good players, but they're, they're hard, hardened competitors too. And... Uh, I think they're where we want to be. They're yes. probably a little bit more advanced. Um, you look at our, um, our spread across the ball, you have Cripps there, Ed Kerno, you know, had a great year. But, you know, we're sadly missing Murph. Um, Gibbs, obviously, we moved on. That was a decision the club made. Um, Doherty. Doherty's one of those, there. you know, senior or old heads on younger shoulders. Very true. Yeah. So there are mitigating factors. But, you know, looking at what, as I said, what Melbourne did to the Crows, you'd come away thinking, well, geez, you know, I mean, we were bad that game, but Melbourne aren't too too uh, bad either. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they are impressive. And, and I think they're going to go deep into the season, uh, Melbourne. I really well, do. Yeah, and that, they just seem like a tight... You know, yeah. unified team with uh, with a lot to play for. Not that we should be talking about them, no, Tony. It's no, all about exactly, us. Exactly. So, look, Tony. Um, I think we can uh, we can agree that Carlton were brave, didn't take uh, the opportunities that were presented, but it was a much better effort than it was the week yes. before. And as you said, um, glimpses of. Uh, a generation coming through that are hopefully the foundation of uh, years of success. And yes. uh, you know, Samo's game I thought was was notable. Yeah. Um, I, I watch him very closely because I just find him a really fascinating player to watch. He's, uh, he's so poised, isn't he? Yeah. He doesn't seem to get flustered, and his use of the footy is so clean. You know, and uh, yeah, what what you said's right. You know, I think for supporters at the moment. Uh, I agree with what you're saying. It's nice to look at the future and to, and to look forensically at it. And you see moments in games where exceptional players like that do great things. Yeah. You just know all that's missing here is, um, you know, games and, and years' experience. And yeah. um, it can only get better. Well, it has exactly. To get better. You're just waiting for that moment where it all gels. It's not going to be this year. I think you can, you can rightfully say that. But... Um, next year's success is not going to happen without this year's challenges. And I think uh, you've just got to play a long game with the Blues at the moment, Tone. It's going to pay off. Now, um, Tone, your job is to give us the uh, the one, two, three votes. Yes, it's been renamed the kiss of death, unfortunately. <laughs> I think I've, I've actually um, I've actually offered a thinly veiled backhand to both um, uh, Shay and, um, and Nick Graham. Yeah. Both been omitted in the weeks after I uh, graciously anointed the vote. <laughs> so um, I preface these votes with a most fervent <laughs> apology. Um, but I gave one vote, um, you know, we've talked about the youth at length here, Tony. Yeah. The guy at the other end, um, you know, how, how old is he now? 34, 33, oh, 34 years just, young? Nah. The, the little bloke in the number six, Cade Simpson, couldn't go past his performance off half-back. He's, he's fast approaching 300 games for the Carlton Football Club. What a great player. You talk about Skinny Lappin, you know, um, he's another fellow who, just by his physical frame, defies logic. Um, I gave him one vote. I gave two votes to Liam Jones, and, yes. and we will talk about him a little later um, in the context of the Sydney game, but I thought he was fantastic. 
in his um, in the timing of his runs to get that you know that that fist through to spoil. Yeah. I, I thought he was a very effective player uh, in defence. Three votes to well the man that's taken all before him, particularly in the absence of Murph as leader of the club, and um, he's got to be not only up there in the club BNF, but I reckon he's a, a, a smoky for the Brownlow. I yeah. really do. Yeah. Patrick Cripps. Um, it's just volume, like it's the sheer volume of you know uh, contested possession, uh, contested ball that he wins, and his capacity to break ta- tackles oh. and somehow find a way. And I mean, he's a guy that's up against you know the the, the masters of it. You know, yeah. Ablett, Selwood, um, Dangerfield, all all strong players around the ball, and yet um, they had trouble containing Cripps at the weekend. Well, th- that's um, a true mark of a champion. He's well, very hard to contain, and he, he gives uh, any opposition match selection committee um, headaches. Very and true. And, th- you know, th- how old is he? He's 21. Oh, yeah, 22. And, and I heard, I, I can't remember who it was now, but I heard one of the John players uh, interviewed afterwards saying that at half-time, that, that Cripps was very much on their agenda as yeah. a, a, a player that they really had to uh, tighten up on. But try as they might in the second half, they couldn't. You know, he's a phenomenal footballer, um, a great, um, a great competitor, a real hard nut around the contest, and aren't we lucky we've got him? Which is uh, as if that uh, the number nine jumper at Carlton wasn't storied enough, mm. or you know, uh, yeah. revered enough. Um, he's just uh, taken it to the next level. He to coin a phrase that young people love to use. Now, <laughs> Tone, we're going to um, just before we get to previewing um, the the Carlton Sydney uh, game, which is Friday seven fifty pm at the SCG. I imagine that'll be on free to air. I'm not sure, but I, I imagine it would be. Anyway, we'll see. Um, can we just have a, a quick Gray, um, injury update? You mentioned Nick Graham. He's uh, injured in the VFL. Yes, came off with uh, calf tightness and I think is subjected to a test. Um, look, there's, a, there's quite a number of players that are on the, you know, on the edge of a return. Another one's Alex Silvani, who's been Excellent. gone for you know, a long time who, again, is up for a test this week. Um, That's we for the BFL, his, is it? Yes. Yep. We need, we need, yes, it is. Yeah. We need his hardness, yeah. uh, certainly, around the context contest. And uh, then you've got players that are probably likely uh, to emerge after the bye uh, weekend, and, and I'm speaking of Caleb Marchbank. Um, uh, also, Levi. Big Levi should be right after that horrible rattling of the ribcage. And... Um, an outside chance that uh, both Kennedy and, and uh, Jared Pickett could be could be right to go. So there's Very a good much players coming back, that. and we need them back. Well, yes. You, I mean, you mentioned uh, the protection that well, Cripper needs. You know, when he's in and under, when he's just you know the centre of the stoppages, etc. Um, to have a hard nut like Kennedy acting as uh, you know his secret service. Yes, yes, would, would yes. be most welcome. Yeah, the ruthless young blood of uh, the Carlton uh, contingent. Exactly, uh, and and I'm um, very much looking forward to Pickett getting a run and, and just seeing the cut of his chip, somebody that we won't, unfortunately, and, and, and I think this is, uh, exemplifies the cruelties of our game tone, Tom Williamson. Horrid run of outs for Tom Williamson. You know, he's battled, uh, I think, a calf injury through most of the year, and we learn now, Tony, that um, uh, the weekend he suffered a back spasm of sorts. Uh, there's obviously an issue there. They've had him checked out, and, and the upshot of it all is that it's season over for uh, the boy from Ararat. So um, there was another young player, you know, a rebounding halfback flanker yeah. that, you know, we really needed to get games into, and particularly with, with the dock out. Yeah. Gee whiz, he, he would have had that great opportunity to really, you know, find his niche. Um, look, he's still young and I'm sure he'll get over this 
uh, latest injury setback. It's just par for the course of a lot of elite footballer uh, this day and age. But, um, you know, it's just a shame for the young kid that um, he won't be there to really uh, um, push his case uh, yeah. as a mainstay uh, off halfback as a rebounding uh, player. But, well, uh, speaking of rebounding off the halfback, Kieran Byrne? Yeah, well, he's still three weeks away, unfortunately. Uh, again, uh, you know, there's been a lot of injury this year and a lot of players have just been really, really set back. It's not unique to Carlton. Um, there are a lot of players that are, you know, uh, unavailable, uh, you know, through illness and injury uh, around the traps. Um, is, it, is it just me? I mean, you made the point there, Tom, but injuries are not like this season, are not one or two week things. No, they seem to be long termers. And um, I don't know if that necessarily reflects the changing in trends in the game. Uh, uh, greater minds than me can answer that. So, But obviously, what we have seen is a greater incidence of injury across yeah. the board. So something's, something's amiss somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. Well, speaking of that, Murph, we have a bye after the Sydney game. We're about to get to that. Um, he should be ready to go, we think, Yeah. Well, one, looks, one or two weeks after the yes, bye. Yes, yes. It's probably a three- or four-week injury. And, again, um, what a frustrating year it's been yeah. for um, the Carlton captain. Um, uh, hopefully he gets over that. And, and we, you know, we want to see him get games in for uh, the duration of the season. Um, as I said, Tony, earlier, we need all hands on deck, yeah. uh, really, at this stage. And uh, um, great challenge for, for Brendan Bolton and the Carlton players. You know, you talked about showing that resolve against Geelong. Well, can they back it up against the Swans this week and after the bye come back, f- f- you know, refreshed and, and ready to go again? That's that's a great challenge for for the uh, for the Carlton players and for the coach to get this team cherry ripe for the for the run home. Well, the bye was good to us last year. I think we won a game coming off it. Yes. Against a team that was about to go into it. Yes. Yes. Um, but uh, Carlton v Sydney, as I said, Friday night, seven fifty. Um, a couple of big players have got to stop. Josh Kennedy, of course, is he's class. He's all class in the midfield. He's going to take some stopping, but. One of the more interesting, I'd say the most interesting matchup in this is going to be Liam Jones and Buddy Franklin. Yes, well, uh, you've called it uh, correct on both instances. Uh, just getting back to Kennedy, you'd, you'd have to think of the Kennedy Cripps head to oh, head. That's, that's, that's one for the purists. Yeah, it's one for the purists. And isn't it great that in, the, in this conversation that we can actually talk about the man-on-man individual subplots? Yeah. Because I think what the game is sadly lacking are those great individual duels, the, the little games within a game. Well, you know, Silvani Ablett, for example, Silvani if you Ablett, want to go back. You know, you know, Vanderhaar Knights, if you want to go back further. You know, Jakovic Carey, yeah. you know, when West Coast played North. People went to games to see those, those individual contests. And if you talk to players of yesteryear, they lament the fact that um, the nature of the game today doesn't allow for those those sorts of um, individual duels. That, yeah. it's, um, that it's all about numbers around the ball. And unfortunately, players they get sucked up, sucked up into, the, into, the, uh, into the vortex, I suppose, and they aren't given the opportunity to show their flair and finesse. And yeah. So when we think about that, we really do genuinely relish the prospect of um, Cripps Kerr and Jones and Franklin. And... Um, Tone, you may recall um, last year it was a horrendous um, uh, foray into the Sydney cricket ground yes. for that game against the Swans. We were absolutely towed after half time, in particular. And um, Buddy Franklin actually did a number on Liam Jones. And uh, 
I had the opportunity to speak to Liam not long after that game, uh, reflecting on what was a great season for him. You know, the Cinderella man to yes. come back from the from from oblivion to play so well. But the the game on Franklin and a, an earlier game on Tom Hawkins were, were still grading with him. And I just want to sh- share with you the comments that he had for for that game on Franklin in Sydney last year, where he where he said, and I quote. Um, it was just a position thing. I was standing in front of Franklin in stages and sometimes didn't have time to get back. I would have been better off standing behind him, given the clean ball movement the Swans had, so that I wasn't blindsided. So there's a player that's thought about yeah. what happened and has hopefully learned from a mistake. So if, if in fact, fate does decree that, that Jones stands Franklin at the SCG this weekend... Won't it be absolutely fascinating to see how he goes about his business in trying to curb Buddy's influence? Yes. You know, and, and so it's, a, it's a, just an intriguing uh, one-on-one contest that looms. Well, there's a couple of things there. It, it, the rub of the green is going to be interesting because for the, for the backman, playing from behind always risks giving away the free, especially to somebody as theatrical as Buddy and as, you know, as noticeable as Buddy, I guess. So... So there's that. Um, there's what I've noticed about Liam Jones too is his decision making in that split second, whether or not he fists the ball, uh, the ball goes to ground, it becomes a fifty-fifty, or he marks. His decision in that regard is is getting a lot better. His judgment is getting a lot better, and he's backing himself into the mark. Yes, and that is a good thing because he's a good strong mark. He is, and it's a it's a good point you've made because uh, he's got that capacity to cover the ground quickly to get to the yeah. contest. And uh, I was talking off here earlier about about um, uh, Rance at Richmond, how he has that capacity to leave his opponent, anticipate a situation in front of him, and get across to spoil uh, uh, his non-direct opponent yeah. as the ball's coming in and rebounding beautifully for his team. Well, um, Jones is like that. He has a capacity to do that, to cover the ground quickly. I, I, I think the key to it for, for Liam Jones is the timing. Yeah. Um, Knowing when to make that run and, and just how how the times his runs perfectly to affect the spoil or take a mark because he is a great mark too. Yeah. But do um, you run off Buddy? Oh yeah, he's a he's a very good mover. He's a very good mover. I mean, Buddy's you know Buddy's Buddy's is a, he's a great he's he's a great athlete and um, but Liam Jones you know he, for a big man he, he's quick. Yeah. Um, so I just think it's fascinating um, you know that anticipated duel. In saying that tone, it could be all blown out of the water if Sam Rowe gets the gig on, yeah, on Franklin. True. So I'll have to wait and see. But certainly the Jones-Franklin duel is one that really appeals. I'd love to see it happen. Well, look, there's been some great games in Sydney. Uh, there's been a final up there, or was it a final? It was a game where it we It was the game wish- where Judd, Judd yes. turned it in the second half. Do you remember won that? It. We, were, we were in it. Yes, it was a, it was a great Great individual performance by C. Judd. And uh, let's not mention uh, 1995, one of two games we lost in a row. That's one true. One of which was in Sydney. That's true. And then the follow-up against St Kilda, I think there was an, aqu- uh, an inquisition after um, oh, the so Sydney game. And then St Kilda, I can remember leaving VFL Park <laughs> and a sob with my head down. Yeah. And who would have thought, Tone? Oh. 16 wins, including the flag after that. Thank you. Football is a funny game. <laughs> I need just Now... Um, well, look, uh, we just hope you're watching uh, wherever it may be because uh, stranger things have happened. But Tone, something very exciting to announce. 
Well, Tony, it's uh, it's great news. Um, you would have seen and heard, no doubt, the elevation or the induction of the great Wayne Johnston into the uh, Australian Football Hall of Fame. What on earth took so long? It's a great question, Tony. Who who would know? But at least it's happened. And um, what a player oh. Wayne Johnston was. Um, four-time premiership player. In fact, little-known fact, Tony, he's the only Carlton player of his generation to play in all four, 79, 81, 82, 87. No other Carlton player in that period managed all four. Plenty played in three. Yeah, that is remarkable. It is remarkable. Uh, uh, testament to his longevity as, as much as anything. Um, you know, a, a player who, who gave... Absolutely everything for his club. Uh, the bigger the occasion, the better he liked it. Yeah. It was fabulous to see him uh, so acknowledged in front of his family and close friends um, uh, with his induction into the hall. And I, I'm really uh, privileged to say, Tone, that um, that Wayne has given his time uh, to um, uh, be interviewed for an episode of our history here at, at the club that will be will be going to air very, very soon where he talks about his, his life and times at the Carlton Football Club and it, it is fascinating, I promise you. That is... So you've got a one-on-one fireside chat with the Dominator. With the Dominator. And and, and nothing was off the table? No, everything was, uh, uh, was um, uh, you know, up for discussion. Um, there's some fascinating insights into, you know, players like Bruce Dool, McClure, um, the coaches, you know, um, Jezelenko Park and uh, Robert Walls. Um, you know, his approach going into grand finals. Um, you know, I can recall asking him at one point, you know, why, wh- how was it that you were able to get yourself up for the big occasion? And he simply responded, well, why wouldn't you get yourself yeah. up for the big occasion? You know, the bigger the better as far as he's concerned. It's what you play for. And um, uh, look, he, he, he was tremendous to, um, uh, to talk to. Uh, had a great power of recall. He was certainly up for the for the chat. And, um, you know, you're thinking, I was sitting here, Tone, and thinking this is football royalty across the, the desk. I mean, he was voted uh, number eight in the top 10 Carlton players in 150 years. Wow. So that's 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 rarefied air, you know, and, and he, he's up there. And, uh, you know, to, to be inducted into the hall, uh, knowing that he's now in there with the likes of Jezelenko, Big, Big Nick, and Barassi, who are yeah. legends of the hall. Yeah. Well, he well he, he he acknowledged that, and he said, "Well, Jezelenko was probably the, the man that that got me to Carlton, and the the person I most look up to. So uh, it means a lot to him. And isn't it fabulous to see a player of um, of his worth be so honoured by the um, by by Australian rules football? Well, and good on him for as I said that uh, fireside chat with Hugh Tony DeBolfo in your capacity as. Uh, Carlton historian. Um, now, you may have mentioned this to me off but the fascinating thing about Wayne Johnson was he was playing senior football at what age? Well, he was, he was mi- mixing it with the big boys as, as a 14 or 15-year-old for Wandon, yeah. which was, was quite extraordinary. And then he, he ended up, a, because he, what I didn't realise was that he was actually a Kobu boy, which people few people know. So that was in like, Carlton's so area. Walls. Yep. He, he, was, uh, he grew up in Kobu. And at a very young age, his family relocated to Wandon. He's not 100% sure why he knows that they wanted to get out of Melbourne. Why it was Wandon is anyone's guess. And then he then he went to Paran and he starred in the 78 grand final against Preston. And I think Sam Kekovic was playing for Paran in that one. Yeah. 
you know, sweet VFA, there was a lot of rough stuff going on and um, Wayne had experienced it, uh, stuff off the ball from the from the early days in the Arrow Valley at Wandon and again at, at um, uh, VFA level. So by the time he got to Carlton he, he, and played his first game, he was 21. And as he said, I was ready for it. I, oh, I was ready ready okay. for the scrap. And, yep. and, you know, when you think of Kernan coming over from Glenelg later in the piece, yep. there is something to be said for that delayed introduction to the league footy, that they were grounded, they were physically ready to yep. cope with the rigours. And um, and was he up for it? Uh, Wayne Johnson, gee whiz, he, he, he was one of the all-time greats. And uh, I, I think our listeners will find... His recollections, um, fascinating. Absolutely. A great player. And as you said, four-time premiership player. Uh, that is That will be on uh, next week for the bye. There there'll will be, be no two tones. There'll be no two tones. I think it'll be coming up very soon, maybe in the next uh, day or so tone of keep the podcast. It. So we'll um, keep, an, keep an ear out for that. Uh, all good Carlton people out there in podcast land. Well, yes. Uh, great work. Thank you for that, Tone. We'll catch you in two weeks' time here at uh, The Two Tones. Take a well-earned breather, Tony. I'm Indeed. sure you will. And uh, thanks, too, to our uh, great producer, Lucy Jamison. She's also having a break. Well-earned one, too. And we'll hey, catch guys. you in a fortnight here at The Two Tones. In the meantime, please do yourself a favour, as Molly would say, and track down that Wayne Johnson interview, available on carltonfc.com.au. Catch you in a fortnight. Go Blues.